This is Graphically Novel, a podcast by three brothers who like each other but love comic books. I'm Jamie. I'm Sam. I'm Josh. And it's my fault that we didn't have a podcast last week. Uh, family vacation stuff got in the way. Scheduling um, snafus happened, and uh, well, we we missed a week. My bad. Stuff happens. Yeah, get your priorities straight. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm working on it. Yeah, we'll let you slide on this one. <laughs> but we are back this week to review one of my picks, and we're reviewing Super Sons Volume One: When I Grow Up. And the reason I picked this is because. Um, I guess about two or three years ago, they put this first volume of their adventures into Comics College Unlimited, and I thought, that looks interesting. I didn't know they Superman Batman had kids. So and I just I've been hooked ever since. I just I fell in love with these little guys and just and and they remind me so much of us as kids, the the bickering and the sort of brotherly, you know, fighting and rivalry stuff. Like it just it felt familiar. And you just kind of like, you just, you know, you, you start caring about, like, I want good things to happen for John Kent and Damian Wayne. And so I've read, yeah. I've read every single issue of, uh, of their adventures ever since. So, and I just wanted I to did. talk about it with my brothers. So that'll be interesting. Yeah. yeah. So I, I knew about uh, Damian. I didn't know about John Kent, though. I think there were some shenanigans when, when Rebirth happened, where, yeah. um, cause the, the Superman who was there for the New 52 turned out to be some, I don't know, he dies or something. And then, like, a Superman from a different part of the multiverse comes and lives in the regular DC universe. And he was older and was married and already, already had John. Mm. And so I don't know. Multiverse stuff happens. (laughs) (laughs) Accept it. Move on. Yeah. Yeah. I I think I'd heard of Damien, but I didn't know anything about John Kent. And so, yeah, yeah, it was interesting. That's it. I I had a good time. Thought it'd be fun. You know, three brothers who used to bicker a lot. Reading about two guys who act like brothers bickering a lot. So, yeah, felt familiar. Right. Uh, before we move on, I know uh, Sam, um, your oldest girl reads comics. Would Would you recommend this yeah, to her? I think, yeah, I think I would. She's right that range where she would get it. She okay. would like it. Yeah, because I, I think this is supposed to be like an all ages type book. I, I'm yeah. just I'm not I'm not really sure if it actually is or not. But we'll get into that. We'll yeah. probably jump in the gun here. Um. All right, so the, it's time for the live-action Batman grades. And this is our grading scale based on the men who have thus far played Batman in live-action. And that scale is from best to worst, Bell, Affleck, Keaton West, Kilmer, and poor George Clooney. Sam, what's your live-action Batman grade? All right, well, I absolutely fell in love with this, and I could not stop reading it. I just literally, so I read Volume 1, that vo- downloaded Volume 2, and just trucked right on through, and I was upset Volume 3 wasn't on there. So I gave it, <laughs> this is a total bail. I absolutely love this thing. Right, Josh. Uh, I I'm one step down from Bell. I went Affleck with it. I had a lot of fun with it. Uh, I've got some art gripes that just knocked it down a little bit for me. But story wise, character wise, really really good. Uh, just wasn't my cup of tea with some of the art stuff. But still, I was still highly recommend reading it. And they uh, spoilers. They change artists pretty soon. And once Carlo Barberi gets on, you won't have any complaints anymore. Um, yeah, so mine is I'm waffling between Affleck plus and Bell minus. Um, and I think it's just, this isn't my favorite of the super sons adventures. So I think, I think that was just mentally. I'm like, I'm, I'm keeping that one as a bail and everything else, like a little bit notch below it. So it probably is in terms of entertainment value. It is a bail, 
but it, it's just not my favorite of the bunch. And so I, I think that just mentally, I couldn't help but knock it down a little bit. But it probably is a bell story. It's it's a blast. So that's your final a bell. Sure. All right. Well, you never you never got an official, so still that's right. Yeah, I said I was walking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we'll settle in there with the bell. Yeah, I right. I love I love these kids, man. Yeah, and, I, and I'm sure it's part of is the, is the dad, you know, the da, the dad effect kicking in. Where I just yeah. want to like <laughs> any, any, any kid near my kid's age, you just want to protect and you know want yeah. things to go well for them, that kind of jazz. But uh, well, anyway, so the creator credits for this one are it's written by Peter J. Tomasi, and he has written every single Super Sons issue ever published. Um, art is by Jorge Jimenez and Allison Borges. I think she worked on the. Uh, the little epilogue issue at the end. Um, colors are by Alejandro Sanchez and Hi-Fi. Letters by Rob Lee. Cover art by Jorge Jimenez and Alejandro Sanchez. And that is all you get in the spoiler-free zone. If you venture on past the spoiler collects and you are endangering yourself with spoiler radiation. Time for the bite size breakdown. Sam, go. All right, so I have issue one. So, and it begins with the Superboy giving Robin a piggyback ride through the woods while being shot at with laser fire. Then it jumps back two days where John Superboy is riding the bus to school. While at school, there's a snowball fight, and the other the older kids are putting rocks in the snowballs. John's about to use his powers when a huge snowball drops on the other kids, and Damien is there. He was the bus driver all along. They bicker back and forth some. Then later that night, Damien sneaks into John's house and wants him to help with an ongoing investigation about break-ins and hacking attempts at LexCorp. They go to LexCorp and are climbing the building and immediately are caught by Lex Luthor. And then issue two opens with a prologue of Kid Amazo killing his family. Damien uses John as a distraction and escapes Luther long enough to hack LexCorp's computers. Then they're able to escape Luther and review footage from the cameras. They found out that the earlier break-ins and hacking were by a kid named Reggie, whose entire family gained powers from the Amazo virus. They track Reggie down to a warehouse to discover his family dead. Robin and Superboy uh, argue and separate, and then we see Superman and Batman have caught up to them. All right. Uh, part three, sibling rivalry. Uh-oh. I know there's the title. Yeah. All right. Uh, this issue begins on a flashback where we see how Kid Amazo's family was impacted by the Amazo virus um, and became the Super Duffies. Back in the present, the Super Sons are fighting robot versions of their dads. Kid Amazo's little sister shows up and uses her Amazo power over a machine to shut down the robot dads. Sarah fills them in on what's going on. Then Kid Amazo remakes the robots into Robo Super Sons. And a big battle ensues. They punch things for about 10 pages. And then Robin does something to a severed robot head. Uh, so issue four, I looked it up since you you done it to me. Part, <laughs> <laughs> part four, Sunday, Bloody Sunday. Uh, and it begins with Lois and Alfred find the boys are missing from their rooms. Elsewhere, the boys are chained together and hung upside down. They are arguing like always, while Kid Amazo is doing the bad guy monologue about his dastardly plans for world domination. Lex Luthor busts in and frees the Super Sons and starts kicking butt. John and Damien rescue the family and go back to help Lex. Kid Amazo merges with all the doppelgangers. Sarah shows up and rips the suit off 
Kid Amazo. Lex take it, takes it and starts talking to the kids when his back is turned. The Super Sons run away only to show up at John's house where angry Lois and Alfred are waiting for them. All right. And issue five called Battle in the Batcave. So the Super Sons are being punished. Superboy runs away to confront Robin and tell him that he sucks. They fight each other for a few pages before Alfred catches them and talks some sense into them. Batman and Superman show up, and Superman decides to let Superboy start using his powers in public as long as he and Robin have each other's backs and only go on missions together. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I shortened that one up, sorry. Get all the high notes. Yeah. More more than a little bit. Um so the next part of the show is the graphically novel pyramid. And this is where we evaluate a book based on the three elements we believe a book needs to be a good book. And the first of these is story. And I get to go first. Um, I, I think that the story is kind of secondary for a Super Sons book. Um, you're really just, you know, it's about the kids, uh, about them, you know, learning and growing and bickering and uh, all that kind of stuff. But what I really like about this, and this is why I asked you the question earlier, Sam, is this feels like they did a really good job of kind of like the, the Pixar effect. Like it's, it's a good, like most ages, uh, yeah. type thing. Now the, the kid Amazo story is pretty dark. <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure this is an all ages book because of that, because I, I don't know how this would land on like a really young reader. Yeah. And Cause uh, he's killing his parents over and over again. He's killed his parents over and over thing. And, and plus two, the, I know it's not part of it, but the dialogue and some of the stuff that's going on is, more complicated and some of the words they wouldn't even understand and all that yeah. stuff. So you really have to be, I would, I would say 10 and up would be the, what this is aimed at. So it's definitely geared towards younger kids, but not the, the real young kids, but it's still fun enough for adults to enjoy too. Like you said, the Pixar effect. Yeah. And I, and I think there's like jokes here and mm-hmm. like, you know, things they've laid in that would just fly over young readers heads yeah. that, that, that are for, you know, dudes like us <laughs> yeah. that, are read, that are reading this book. Yeah. So I think I think I think they do a good job of that. Um, and the Kid Amazo story is good, but it it didn't knock my socks off. But it still it, it wasn't the point. Um, the the point was to have a, a fun you know, adventure with these kids, um, get get them set up with their their partnership, all that kind of jazz. So they can launch forward into more Super Sons adventures, and they completely nailed that. I mean, this is a great introduction to these kids. Um, to the to the setup that allows them that that, that we understand like yeah this it is insane for their parents to let the kids be doing what these kids are doing yeah. but because of the way this thing plays out we get it and we see that they're capable you know John's developing his powers um, he's already nine vulnerable um, type you know setup so yeah I get it it but it completely does the job of, of setting up everything that would happen after so yeah and what I've got here is. Uh, Nine times out of ten, our what we review is story driven. The story is a major part of it, and and for once this week it's not. The story is a byproduct, like you said, it's a setup for these characters. And the kid Amazo was really only in the very beginning, at the very end, and all the middle stuff was about them going through their relationship. So it's, it's definitely a character driven story, which is a, a good change for once. Uh, I did enjoy that, but you know. Overall, the story, the Kid Amazel stuff, like I said, was kind of dark for kids. The Lex Luthor thing was a, a different little twist on it and how the kids are always sneaking off away from him. And I, I loved how uh, John was like, when he first got captured by him, he was like, we're 
kids in the orphanage where he run away and it's like, <laughs> like <laughs> we'll give him a name even though he's got a big s on his chest you know i, I thought it was it was really interesting how they how they interacted with the, the other people in the story yeah it's i don't have too much different from what you guys have already said it's it's really not the point of reading this uh the, the the premise or the idea of it is really the big selling point, you know, that it's Superman and uh, Batman's kids. And that's the whole deal of it. Uh, the Amazo virus slash armor stuff, I got a little bit confused on that a couple of times. I know there was a virus that they got infected by, the the Super Duffies. Uh, but then later on, there's Amazo armor that, I guess, gives people powers, too. Uh, I I think that stuff kind of got lost a little bit on, on maybe what the point of the story was. Well, they can clear that up for me. What 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 the point of the that was was Lex Luthor designed <laughs> that. No, listen. So there was a Mazel yeah. thing, and they was trying to cure it, and the cure killed almost all people who had that virus, whatever. So there's only a few, really, just the Duff family that lived through that. But uh, Lex Luthor designed a suit to replicate the powers they were be able to get from that. So the suit was like giving powers to people at war. So if you already had that Amazo thing with the suit on top, it made you extremely powerful. And and that kid, that's what the the kid, the break in and the hack and all stuff, that kid was trying to get that suit. So somehow or another, he knew Lex had that suit. Uh, I don't know if that's the future, how I know it's because I think it was referenced later on or something, but whatever. That's what that was about. That's what the Mm -hmm. whole premise was, was kid Amazo stole that suit from Lex Luthor. That's why Lex Luthor was involved. Right, but but it was a it was smart of him. It was a good way to do it to have um, Kid Amazo be the bad guy, so that they're not fighting adults right off the bat. Yeah. And so yeah. Th- this is a great way to have a kid villain, and to have the, the sister be involved and have it be a family oriented story because Kid Amazo had issues with his family. That was a really great way to set up that story. Now I'm I'm with Josh. It was a little, you know, convoluted. Maybe not fleshed way. out. Yeah they, yeah. they they spent way more time with with the character aspect and, and the relationship between them, uh, John and Damien, then they did the actual story points, I think, which and is I'm fine. I'm not mad about it. Yeah. No, it, which is fine. Like I said, I think we're all in agreement that that's not the point. Uh, then I had one other question that's more, maybe more DC universe related than necessarily a story. When did Lex Luthor become Superman? Side, side question. Does he have powers or is he wearing like a mechanical suit? It's a suit. It's a suit. Okay. Yeah. Was this, this was all news to me. Go ahead, Jamie. What is this? Is this the time that was the the gap between when the New Fifty Two Superman dies and before the no. rebirth Superman comes in? And, that, oh. and that, so Lex was like, I think Lex, didn't Lex say he was trying to take Superman's place? Yeah, he's trying. He's trying to be Superman and do stuff. But there's also Superman in the story, so there's not a gap. This is still Clark Kent here. So I, I don't. I don't know what he's about. I, I know he was evil and he turned wants to do good now. So he, he's got this Superman suit and gives him powers like Superman. So I, the main reason I was curious about that is because I, I was wondering if that was going to play into later storylines. And that was something that was developed just for super sons, or is this something that's was going on in the DC universe? Cause I, I was a little bit surprised to see that. And I didn't know if that was like I said, unique to this story or just that's DC at the time. No, it's what was going on, and it's like, it's like oh, the whole okay. amaze with like the amazing virus thing. I think it was happening while the story was being published. Okay. It's just things they folded into the story. But I, gotcha. I, I don't, I wasn't reading barely any DC at the time. Me too. So right. I don't, yeah. Right. yeah, that's fine. I don't want to derail us. I just, I was curious about that. I was, I was, I was really shocked to see Lex Luthor with the big S on his chest. <laughs> that kind of got me. It was a little wild. 
Yeah. All right. Uh, we done my story. Yeah. All right, Sam. Art. It has been a long. Uh, it has been a long time <laughs> since I got laid off on art. I've been looking forward to the day where I got to do it again, and it is here. And you know, and for once, you know, I don't think overall I did enjoy the art, and you can tell it was geared more towards the younger generation. It's it's not super crazy art or like that. It's just good, solid art. I, I really didn't have a whole lot of complaints with it. I thought the color was good. Fight scenes were okay. Like the background stuff was always had something going on. It was never like just void of stuff. But I, I thought they'd done good with the kids' faces, the super sons' faces. Like Damien and John, like you could always see that Damien's got the scowl. He's always like brooding. He, definitely Batman's kid. And then you got John, he's got this innocent during the headlights look, you know, don't know what's going on. He's super naive about everything, but you'd always see that he's ready to step up when he needs to. So, I, and it is all done with the art too. You could tell, like you said, it's by their face expressions. I was thoroughly surprised by that. And you, you could feel the manga influence too. Yeah, yeah. definitely got, yeah. But yeah, overall, that, I think it fits the story fine. Yeah. I, I mean, thanks to my, you know, my wife and kids, I've read quite a bit of manga now. Um, I can't get him to read American comics. <laughs> <laughs> hardly um but they hand me a lot of manga and i so i've, I've built up a you know a tolerance for tolerance. it or, appreci- or appreciation for it maybe but you can tell like the eyes are too big and they put those weird red noses all the time and yeah. you know proportions don't have to make sense i mean you, you could feel the manga influence but it, but it really works for this story um like i just felt like it made it, it, i'm not gonna say give it a childlike feel but i, I think you were right on the right track sam it, it made it it gave it a vibe that was appropriate for younger readers. Like yep. the, the art, the art really helped set the tone for that. Yeah. And, and uh, not having been influenced by manga very much, it's, it's not my style. And that was kind of what was turning me off from it a little bit. I just, it wasn't for me. Uh, I thought the character designs were good. I liked, you know, super boys, you know, torn holy jeans with the, you know, zip up jacket and little mini cape. I mean, that, that's like yeah. a cool design. Yeah. Uh, and then Robin looked really cool. Uh, so I like the character designs and stuff, but I, I think it was the the face art that was really what, what was getting me the most. Uh, they, they were very expressive. I mean, probably maybe even a little too much. It was very exaggerated. Uh, but the uh, they were not consistent. Lois Lane looked like five different people at any various time. Uh, and, I, and I thought they struggled with John's age. I mean, there are times he looks like he's seven or eight years old. And then there's a couple of times where he looks like he's in his mid-teens. Uh, you know, it seemed like when he got angry, they couldn't draw a young, angry face. He seemed like he aged up a lot when he got yeah. angry. Uh, so <laughs> they, they were kind of off on that a little bit. But, yeah, now this style worked really good with this story, you know, because it does have a very young feel to it. Like it. Seems like it would be appealing to a younger readers. So it, it worked for the story. It's just not my style. And then that 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 was really my only nitpicks with with this thing was was the art. Yeah. Was it was it issue five that bothered you the most with as far as the, uh, the age? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's a different artist. Is it? Yeah. 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 Because when they're fighting, when uh, I think when Robin's intruder alert and he's throwing his batarangs at him, he John looks like he's sixteen or something. I mean, he yeah. But at the beginning of the issue, when he's on the farm, like he looks yeah. like he's saving. He yeah, looks that, really, yeah, they they were kind of bouncing around. Uh, yeah, that was that was the feeling artist. Did. That's probably what I looked at the most when I was doing my breakdowns. I spent some time on that issue, so more than the others, that's probably why I was picking it up. Right. Yeah. I thought I thought the action art was really good too. Like yeah. it was really dynamic. I mean, it, I mean, it was over the top and exaggerated, and it was just it added to the fun of the story. Yeah. 
Yeah, I agree. There's one else is I like the the fights, the fight scenes. And when John punches like legs or somebody, like he's just doing the full on like, you know, My Hero Academia, like you know, over the top, you know, emotional explosion. You know, I mean, yeah, it, mm. it was it was it was fun. <laughs> All right, Josh, lead us off on characters. All right, and it, and this is the point of why we read this thing. This is what the writers were trying to do. Uh, and, and I think they captured the essence of, of being Batman or Superman's kid. Like they, they are, they are their parents' kids for sure. Just super exaggerated. Like Damien, I'm a hundred percent. If Bruce was young, if we caught Bruce as a teenager, this was Bruce. Like, I mean, just turned up to 11. Uh, <laughs> same with John. He's so naive. Like Superman's always the boy scout. This is, Again, they turned it up a couple notches with John Kent. He's so naive and so wholesome. Uh, so I, I really like that, how they, they're so different from each other. But, man, they need each other. Damien, I think, without John going out doing his missions, he needs that lightheartedness, that naivety. Uh, and, and John, he's not going to get into nothing without Damien. He's just going to be sitting in his room at 9 o'clock in his pajamas <laughs> going to bed like a good kid. Yeah. Like, they need each other. They feed off each other. Uh, so, yeah, it was they, they were – great characters to put together and uh it was a lot of fun and, and like you said jamie and you're uh defending the pick you you just feel for the kids you want things to go right for them you want them to be safe you want them to have a good time uh so yeah i really really bought into the, these two characters for sure all right so for jamie's doing his part do y'all know who damien is do, do you know where he comes from i actually know I a lot about i actually know a lot about damien I know a lot more than I, I, now than I used to. But yeah, he's he's totally all ghouls kid. All ghouls, yeah. He, he was raised raise all ghouls daughter. It was, it's that's his mom. Yeah, he was raised by the League of uh, was, assassins. Was assassins, right? In the movie they changed it to shadows. Yes, League yeah. of Assassins. Yeah, but yeah, he's he's already got committed murder hundreds of times over. Uh, and, when, and when he first come to the DC under for Batman to train with him or whatever, he was that guy with swords that was murdering everybody. They really had to break him from that habit. <laughs> 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 yeah but that but that that darkness though it's i, I think what Josh was talking about they need each other that yeah that the darkness that damien's trying to come out of i mean having john there who's he's he is naive but he's also just a really good-hearted kid he really is and and is you know like the scene where he finds like the dead parents and he's just distraught you know and Damien is just completely untouched by that. And so I think Damien needs to see that kind of like normal human <laughs> response Reaction. to that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, they need each other for that. Um, but, I, but I think that they really nailed the, the dynamic for kids. Like these feel like, you know, I mean, it's, they're in the completely bizarre you know, circumstances, but these feel like normal kid dynamics. Like um, Damien is the know-it-all who's the older, but he's shorter and he's in- insecure about that, you know, and, and John keeps reminding him that he's the taller and though he's older. It's like, why, why did you put you on the Teen Titans? And so Damien's going to keep rubbing it in. Like what part of teen don't you understand? You know, there's that constant, you know, yeah. uh, it feel in, and the way they respond to like the things that happen to them, you know, and you know, John not having a poker face when he's trying to lie to Lex. I mean, it, just, it all feels like natural kid stuff. I mean, I, I, I really nailed that. Yeah. I have nothing to add. Y'all like totally have all my notes. What I had, <laughs> what I had, I, I gave a little bit about Damien. I just like, I like, I like how they're like, like Josh said, the two separate, and then they just come together and they balance each other out. So yeah, they, they, work, it, they work really well together. Yeah, and and, and not only being 
the sons of Superman and Batman, uh, you know, that comes with its own bag of problems. But just being a kid and going through the stuff kids go through, like when John finds out they have to move to Metropolis, you know, I'm losing my friends and I have to move. That's so much more amplified when, you know, you're Superboy. So not only do they have their conflict and, and trying to come to terms with how they're going to relate to each other, but then just normal every day. I'm a kid and I got to go through life as a kid. That's hard. You know, having superpowers doesn't make that any easier. And I think they captured some of that, too. Not not only super villains and, you know, dealing with each other, but just kid stuff. I, I, I'm glad they peppered some of that in. Yeah, like Damien being in, uh, 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 lost my words, <laughs> being in trouble. He's grounded. There it is. Yeah. 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 So Damien being grounded and he's pouting about it. Right. Yeah. He's getting bored and stuff, you know. It's, yeah. It's, being bored as a kid is the worst thing because you want to go do something. Can you imagine already driving, you know, already going out and fighting crime and stuff, and then to be stuck at home? That's got to be that much worse, you know? He only so. doesn't have a PhD because his mom killed his professor. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, these, these characters are great. They really are. All right. You want to give us more words? Let's do it. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? And these are the things we dig most in Super Sons Volume 1. Uh, best cover was really hard. Um, I, th- I thought they were all pretty good. Um, I'm going to go with cover 2 on page 27. And it's just, and that's John looking his toughest. And Damien looking like really, you know, angsty and cool. But you've got Lex sort of looming in the background. John's throwing the robot around, doing the laser eyes. It just looks really cool. I agree. Same one I have. I didn't pick another one. Three for three. <laughs> <laughs> we got. I think that might be our first cover of honor, right? Yeah. I think so. We always pick different covers. Yeah. They're pretty much always. Yeah. I didn't even. I didn't even write down a backup. I, just, I, liked I really one. didn't either. Yeah. That's what I did. I've really liked cover three a lot. That was the two I was waffling between, but cover two just. It stole it. I mean, yeah. even, they, even if the batarangs in the foreground and all them in the background just gives depth perception to it all. It done really good with it. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we uh, pick different variants. I doubt May- it. Maybe. Uh, well, I picked cover fi- the variant for cover for issue five on page one twenty one. Yeah. That's they're, they're in the Batcave. Got the big, got the big penny and all, all the normal Batcave stuff. Um, it just looks good. The uh, I, th- I think that's watercolors they're doing there for the alternate could, covers. Could be, but still looks good. Looks good. I, I, I didn't like the way that uh, Dustin Wynn, the variant artist, I didn't love the way he drew Damien. Uh, I thought he did, did you know, with one exception, did okay on John, but Damien just looks weird in all of them. Yeah. Yep. Well, I agree with you. I have the same one. Issue 5, page 121. I do too, but I had a runner-up for that one <laughs> in case somebody, because I thought we that definitely was yeah. the best variant. Uh, but yeah, page 118. Uh, the variant for two. I just like how Robin's sitting there looking so young, but also looking so smug at the same time. Like he's just, he's trying to exude that confidence and that stoicness that his dad's got. Uh, but he's a little kid still. So I, th- I thought that was kind of fun. And, and, and got the innocent joy on John's face there. Yeah. He just, I mean, I'm, su- I'm super boy. It's a good day. <laughs> yeah, just happy. All right. Uh, Sam, who's your best character? Uh, I bet y'all probably guess who it is, but it's going to be Damien. I just loved his 
attitude and the smirkiness he had, and just the know it all. Just I like I like Damien. That's what I he, hate too. Yeah, he is a lovable, smug little jerk. Yeah. yeah, he is. He means well, but he's trying not to mean well at the same time. Yeah, it's it's, it's basically like if Batman didn't have any self control and just wanted to brag <laughs> about himself all the time. But you know. <laughs> Well, this is our first swerve of the awards. I picked Superboy. Yeah, I I love John Kent's response to basically everything he does is pitch perfect in this thing. The the funny moment, you know, failing to lay you know to lie to Lex, the the response when he finds the dead parents, um, the 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 little the little pushback he tries to do to Damien, you know, about you know him being the taller one and you know. Or lying to us in earth science. I mean, I just, I just, I, and and he is so innocent, and but he is that this joyful exuberance when he's doing superhero stuff. It's just, it's fun. Yeah. Yeah, I like him. Yeah. All right, Josh, what's your best panel? And uh, this was tough. I thought. Yeah, I was gonna say it may not be the best because there were a decent amount of good panels, but we're gonna go over to page fifty-six, uh, panel five. It's when they were running from the uh, Amazo androids, and uh, or when before they started running into them, and the Batman and Superman androids are holding them up. Yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, that's a good one, and it's close to mine. If you flip back over to page fifty-three, um, this is probably a cheat because I love the juxtaposition of the two things. Because we've got John fighting, you know, Batman. Damien's dad, and we've got Damien fighting Superman. You know, John's dad. I love. I mean, they're great panels in of themselves, but I love the juxtaposition of them mm-hmm. together. It's just, yeah. it's great. I had looked at that one, but I thought that it almost felt like cheating. Like that was a second full page spread. <laughs> so I went yeah. with the other one that had them both in it. You're yeah, allowed. It, it, yeah, it's 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 a little bit of a cheat. I mean, it, yeah. it it functions like a full page spread. It's technically two panels. It is, but it functions uh, as a full page spread. So you okay. did. You did you didn't pick a full page. You picked two panels. <laughs> right. <laughs> Either way, I'm cheating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that, that, that is the right answer of the, of, of the two panels we talked about. You, you picked the better one. Yeah. Oh, so I have told you something different. And I just couldn't get uh, the Dark Knight Returns out of my head. And it's Jamie's background right now. It's page 25, uh, panel one. I just love that. The poses they were doing, the, the, the lightning, the city skyline in the background. I thought they didn't really good with that one. Yeah, and it's a really cool callback to the Dark Knight Returns. Yep. What that's what cracks me up on that is Superboy just wearing jeans and tennis shoes. <laughs> like you never pay, you never notice, but superheroes always have boots that mesh into their pants. Like you can see his ankles. It's it's just it's a funny little little thing yeah, to look at. He's definitely too tall for his pants. And they're yeah, all holy. Yeah. yeah. yeah that's I like a good it. One. Uh, our next award is best dialogue, and I wanted to go with every time Damien went, t- yeah, <laughs> which was about every third word balloon. Um, but I had to pick some actual dialogue, so I went with page sixteen, uh, panel five, and it's when I think it's our first Damien John argument. And um, so John's asking, like, "What are you? Why? What are you doing at my school?" Because I was bored. Where's how the other half lives? This is how and how do I live, Damien? Not sure yet. But I did get to put put the hurt on some bullies. He says, "Don't you have classes back in Gotham, or do Robins even need to go to class?" I'm homeschooled. <laughs> <laughs> I just the the first argument was charming. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, that's not bad. That's a good one. Yeah. All right. So for my dialogue, which is another argument, is page seventy four. 
So when they're all t- chained up and uh, they're going back and forth. And then uh, Damon's like, I have to ask, do you have any superpowers? <laughs> John's like, shut up. And then Damon's like, I mean, other than being easily captured. And then John's like, if you had just called for help, like I said, but no, you always have to know better. Seriously, I'm not even convinced you have regular strength, let, let alone super. And then John gets off and goes, I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> I just laughed all the way through that one. Yeah. Well, I, I like the way it ends because then Kid Amazing comes out and he's like, family sucks, am I right? <laughs> you know, we aren't related. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's, I, I had the same thing, Sam. That's a good one. Like, do you even it's have any like, superpowers? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm not even convinced you've got regular strength. Strength, yeah. <laughs> it made me laugh. Well, yeah, your superpowers have been easily caught. That's good. All right, Sam, I've already cheated a little bit at this already. Uh, but what is your best full page spread? All right, so page 34, or I mean 31, it's when uh, they're on the building, Lex Luthor's flying behind them when they first get busted. Yeah, that's a good one. That like was it. one of my two, so I'm glad you picked that one. I have Damien just looking there like he's just so bored, just hanging there by one hand. Yeah. And John's just so he's like, like oh, so man, we're trouble. busted. He's like, <laughs> yeah. he can just tie, he's trying to melt into himself. He's like, he's yeah. fetal position. He's like, oh, I'm in trouble. Yeah. It, that was when I noticed the Damien t- to everything. That was the first time yeah. I was like, that's your response to it. And then I realized, I think you have done that like three or four times. I think it's yeah. at least like five times per issue. Oh, yeah. Easy. It's just he's dismissing the entire world every time. <laughs> All right, Josh, what's your, what was yours? All right, we're going to go over to page 115. It's uh, at the end after uh, Superman's given, given permission for uh, Superboy to go out and use his powers, so they, they immediately run out and start going to do stuff. I do like that one. Okay, um, I made a mistake. I bet I put my baseball page spread. It's fatal in the wrong place. <laughs> so you did see I was right. That's why I didn't pick yeah. that because that was a full page spread. So that, so that was my best full page spread. Uh, so my best <laughs> panel, if you want, if you're curious about it. Yeah, well, sure. Tell us what your best panel was, dude. Uh, it was panel four on page thirty-four. It's when uh, John finally gets fed up and kicks legs. Oh yeah, That's <laughs> yeah, one. yeah. <laughs> Can't have you done that. <laughs> see, if you'll you even look in that panel, I think he looks 14 or 15 years old there. Like, there yeah. are times, I think it's usually when he's making his angry or determined face. I feel like they had a hard time drawing that as a young young face. Well, yeah, they, 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 they struggle with John a little bit. They had Damien down from the oh, yeah. go, but John, John was a little bit all over the place. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I realized <laughs> when, I got, when I got the full page spread, I saw a decimal point. Like, hold on. What did I do here? Uh, uh, it's 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 been a lot this week. Um, yeah. I, I need a vacation to recover from my vacation. <laughs> um, all right. Last award is best bickering, which is probably what the boys actually do best. So, uh, Josh, what's your best bickering? Uh, we're going to go over to page 104. And it is a full page of bickering that I'm not going to read to you. But it's <laughs> after uh, John has decided to go tell Damien that he sucks and it's his fault they all got in trouble and they just go back and forth. I mean, there's a lot of dialogue on that page. And it's like they're, you could tell John wants to have him as a friend. He wants to go talk to him and ask his advice about something. And Damien's just so, I can't have you as a friend. You're a little <laughs> kid. You know, I'm, I'm older than you. I'm so much more mature. But then, they, yeah, they just go back and forth a lot. It was, it was really fun. 
Yeah. <laughs> he Come cast on. John a big string bean of wasted potential. <laughs> <laughs> he does. <laughs> It's great. Um, that might be the right answer, but I've got the argument on page 55. And it's kind of clever because they're bickering, but it's also set up bickering because they're setting up the uh, the the fake robo dads. And mm-hmm. it's just, you know, it's really well done. He says, uh, <laughs> says uh, you, you know that if you didn't run off like a scared baby. And so John says, I wasn't scared. And I had a rusty version of your dad coming after me. So, Damien, this coward is exactly what my father doesn't trust yours. <laughs> John comes back. This is probably this might be John's best comeback of the book. This is your father's a psychopath. Even my mom says so. <laughs> Damien, <laughs> Damien can't can't let him win. Is that before or after she changes your diapers? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and then they realize it was it was a little bit of a setup. They're probably really arguing, but it's also a setup. Yeah. They go punch yeah. the rubber dance. It's great. Yeah, it's good. That's the one I have too. Yeah. yeah, that 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 was my backup. Yeah, I love the, the clever twist on it. Like they clearly really are bickering, and they, 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 they there's real stuff going on there. But also, it's they're, they're doing something there. It's clever. There's yeah. a plan. All right, you want to cast this thing? Yeah. No. All right. Um, I'm going first, and I'm casting John Kent first, and I'm just going to go ahead and lay my cards on the table. Um, I use the time machine for every single pick. Um, and so I'm casting Sean Astin from about 1984. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, can we think about him as uh, Samwise Gamgee or, you know, what was his name on Stranger Things? I forget. Bob. Yeah, Bob the Brain. I mean, just yeah, he Bob does brain, yeah. he does that good natured thing really well. He did it at a young age, and so yeah. Yeah, he'd be a good John Kent if you have a time machine. All right, so huh. I'm gonna lay my cards on the table. I did not use a time machine. I'm making <laughs> a DC animated movie, so I went with voice fact, voice actors <laughs> only because DC makes a lot Labor. of awesome a lot of awesome animated movies. So this one's for voice acting alone, and for John, I went with Finn. Wolfhand, he does. Uh, it's Mike from Stranger Things. Yeah. So he's gonna do the voice for John. Okay. Josh. Sounds like I'm the only one that took my medicine and did this the hard way. I'm casting <laughs> all live action, non time machine actors not, for this. Not, so. Not a matter of time machine. So. Oh well, that's true. Uh, yeah, my, mine's not going to be great. Uh, anyways, John Kent, uh, Jack Dylan Grazer. You'll know him as from Shazam. He played uh, Eddie Kasprick in the new It. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 He normally does more sarcastic attitude-wise. I think he would have been better Damien, but I think he's got the look for a John Kent, if you'll look him up now. He's a really good young actor, though. He, he is. I, I, I figured he could roll into it, but he, I thought he had the right look for it. Oh, bad. All right. I like it. Uh, I like how all three of us went in a different direction with this. Jamie, Jamie wore the time machine out. I made an animated movie, and Josh tried for real. <laughs> I tried to just do it the right way. But. Well, this kid is too old to play John. Yeah. I think he's, what, 15 or 16 now? Like, yeah. you know, John's like believe, 10, though. I may have he's aged my characters all up about three or four years. All right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sam, who's your Damien? All right, so for Damien, I went with Dante Bosco. He does Zuko from the Avatar. Okay. 
that broody, yeah, yeah. angsty teenager guy. I can hear that. Yeah, that would work. Yeah, that would work. That's what got me started on this path was I, I cast for him first. I was like, oh, yeah, I know what I'm doing. That was really smart. I, I hate to give you credit, but that was really smart going the animated route. That was... Because, I mean, DC makes a lot of anime movies that are spectacular yeah. and geared towards adults and all that stuff, and they can do a Pixar thing with this one. And with the, with the most ages story like this, doing it animated would would be a genius idea. Just idea, yeah. Yeah. So I'll make a win. I, I just won this whole cast it. Well, you probably like- have... You had the best idea going into the casting. I'm not. I'm not giving you the win already. I do like my Damien though. I think I'm not. I'm perfect. not conceding. That's all I'm saying. You might okay. still win. You might pull it out in the long run, but I'm not conceding yet. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> all right, Josh. Uh, okay, so I'm going with Noah Jupe. I may be pronouncing that wrong. I probably am. Uh, it's J U P E last name. Uh, he played the uh, son on a Quiet Place, John Krasinski movie. Oh yeah, yeah. He's small in stature, but he's sixteen or seventeen now, and I think he is smaller right. uh, than the guy I cast for John. Uh, so I think he's got again kind of the right look. He seemed to be a pretty good actor. Uh, so, dang, I realize he is sixteen. Yeah, that's crazy. I would not have guessed that. He looks. Right, he, go, go ahead. Sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, I was know. like, he looks more like a John Kent to me. He's, he's got that innocent kind of look to him. Yeah, but he's smaller, and I did kind of want to stick to the... Uh, oh, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Because th- there, there was a lot of jokes about Damien's height, so I wanted to make sure I went with a smaller smaller person. Gotta maintain the height insecurity. <laughs> and, and Josh knows all about that. Uh, I was getting ready to say, I can totally <laughs> sympathize with him. Well, I'm going to go to, I think, about 1985, to the set of The Lost Boys, and we're grabbing Corey Feldman. Okay. To play Damian Wayne. So are you doing... Uh, oh, no, Lost Boys. Okay, never mind. thought you were doing a theme pick for a second. It is a time machine theme pick. <laughs> yeah. It, it is an all-80s theme yeah. pick. Yeah. Corey Feldman. I don't know about that. Oh my God. He gives off the attitude. He's got a crazy voice. He always had that crazy voice he for did. his age. He really yeah. did. That would, that would, the voice is really what I was thinking about. That would, that would work for Damian. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> All right, uh, Josh, who's your kid, Amazo? All right. Uh, I had some help with this one. I'm not real familiar with this actor, but his name's Thomas Barbuska. And as soon as I looked him up and saw his face, I said, that's a total punchable face. I, w- I was okay with uh, the help on that pick. Thomas <laughs> Barbuska. Yeah, I hate to cast aspersions toward young people, but. Yeah, I would never want to punch a kid in the face, but I mean, if I was ever going to, he's he's eighteen. So is he eighteen now? Okay. Yeah, yeah, and, still and, we're, and I, we're old men, but yeah. And I thought Kid Amazo was a little bit older. He put off a vibe that he may have been older than Damien. So yeah, I, I thought so too. Yeah, so I went a little older with mine, and so we're going to go to uh, I think nineteen eighty-seven. I didn't look up these movies' dates. I'm just guessing. I'm just I'm really just making up numbers. <laughs> um, I'm going to get. And we're going to get Anthony Michael Hall from the set of The Breakfast Club. There you go. Weird Science. Or Weird Science, yeah. 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 Angsty Teenager. Any, any teen movie in the 80s. Yeah. Grabbing from any of them. <laughs> not, but not, not from later on when he discovers steroids. Before that. Before he yeah. makes John. Was it Johnny, Johnny Be Good? When he, when uh, he plays a football player and gets jacked? Yeah. I don't remember. Yeah. Anything before that. Before he gets muscle, you know. Yeah. All right, Sam? 
All right, so for the right answer, it's David Faustino. He does Mako or Mako from Legend of Korra. That's uh, what's his name from Married with Children, ain't it? Sure is. <laughs> yeah. But it has his voice acting, though, is what I'm going for. And he does a really good job as uh, uh, Mako from Legend of Korra. Okay. All right. For uh, I'm up next with Sarah. And for Sarah, we're going to go to about 1981. And we're going to get Jodie Foster. Got the the long, straight yeah. red hair, the freckles. You know, she was a cute kid. Was a really good actor at a very young age. I mean, she would have nailed that part. I thought you were going with Molly Ringwald or something. Oh, well, not that. <laughs> no. Okay. We know who Lois Lane is. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to spoil your next pick. All right, so for uh, Sarah, I went with Dove Cameron. She's the Disney thing right now. Just, just for she does the teenage voice. I know that name, so I'm assuming you've cast her before. Yeah, Descendants. Okay, she must know. <laughs> okay, I was gonna say she had her own TV show for a while, and I, was, I don't know what's called. She plays a twin. It's <laughs> Liam's casting a young actor. I just assume they've been the descendants. Yeah, <laughs> I try. I try to. I try That's to use one. I try to use one from that because I've watched. Unfortunately, I've watched all their movies. I hear their songs every day. I'm sorry. Yeah. So, Duff Cameron. All right, Josh. Who's your Sarah? Okay, I'm. I'm going with Sadie Sink, Mad Max from Stranger Things. Yeah, that that was the one I thought of, like from a non-theme pick. But I was like, yeah, I've already got a theme going. I can't mess it yeah. up now. Yeah, yeah she, that, she, that's the right I, answer. I was really impressed with her in Stranger Things. I thought she nailed it, and you know, she can do the angry. I'm going to take my brother out, but then she can also do the kind of vulnerable. I'm drugged out in the woods, and I need Superboy to save me. Like, I think she would play both of those different parts pretty well. All right. Uh, next up is Lois Lane. Uh, Sam, who you got? So I went for like a person I think would do a, a motherly voice pretty well. And she's got a unique voice. It's Elizabeth Banks. I think she would do good in that role. Not bad. Yeah, I see her yelling at John Kent. Yeah. yeah. And being really mad at Damien. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, being mad at Damien, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. All right, Josh. Uh, I went with uh, Anne Hathaway. That's really good. That's not not just for the mom part, but you got to remember what all Lois Lane's always getting up to. Like, yeah, aside well, from being does. the mom, she could be Lois Lane, I think. But then she yeah. could also be the mom part, too. So I thought she would kind of fit that role. All right. Uh, well, so for mine, I did consider Molly Ringwald for both Sarah and Lois Lane. But she wasn't in the right age range for either one of them at any point in the 80s. Um, but I wanted, I just, for the record, I wanted to say Molly Ringwald here. Um, but we're going to go to... Nakatomi Plaza, and we're going to get Bonnie Bedelia. And if, so, if I'm doing a full '80s cast here, we're actually going to sit. We're going to film this movie in the '80s as well. We're, we're taking the whole cast and crew and the director, everybody, back to the 1980s. We're filming in the '80s. We're filming a movie set in the '80s, and Bonnie Bedelia is going to use her die-hard hair even yeah. as Lois Lane. <laughs> is this from Die Hard One, though, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Yep. All right. I like <laughs> I'm, it. I'm, yeah, I'm well with it. <laughs> I can't be too mad at an 80s theme pick. I mean, it's 
I mean, you I mean, could even took, yeah. I was like, you could even took uh, Reuben McIntyre from Trimmers. <laughs> Crazy <Yeah>. red hair. <laughs> that would have worked. All right. Uh, all right. So our next one is, and and last one is Alfred. And Josh, have you got Alfred right finally? I like to think so. We'll find out. Uh, so I'm going with an older gentleman that does super stern and uh, very formal, but then I think would still be really exasperated with Damien. So I'm going with Giancarlo Esposito. You'll know oh, him yeah. from Breaking Bad or Better Call Saul. Uh, he was in the uh, Mandalorian. Mandalorian, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I can see because he's he is so formal and so he enunciates so well and stuff. Like I can see him being Alfred. Yeah, it's yeah. not bad. Yeah, I'm off Gideon. I could mm-hmm. I could do I could roll with that. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, so mine is you'll probably look this up. Is an '80s actor named Christopher Hewitt, most famous for his role as Mister Belvedere. And Josh is probably too young to remember Mr. Belvedere. Sam, do you remember Mr. Belvedere? I remember the name. I don't remember nothing about it, though. He was a British butler taking care of an American family. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought, if, I, if I'm doing an 80s theme pick, I might as well cast Mr. Belvedere as Alfred. Really making him test his range, huh? <laughs> <laughs> what was his name? Christopher what? Hewitt. H-E-W-E-T-T. He's Mr. Belvedere. Yeah, I, I, I never watched that show. <laughs> well, I'm the oldest brother, and so I watched the Mr. Belvedere. And it, ma- it made me laugh. Most of our listeners aren't going to know what I'm talking about whatsoever. You all don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> it made me laugh. That one's for me. <laughs> That's what counts, yeah. All right, Sam, who's your Alfred? All right, so I'm with just another famous voice actor. Does I think he's got a really cool voice. It's uh, J.K. Simmons. He done uh, Joe, J. John Jameson. Yeah. Just wanted a, a strong voice. And he was Alfred's also uh, Commissioner Gordon. He wasn't yep. Commissioner Gordon. Yeah, so he's going to be Alfred now. We're just going to bounce him around a little bit. Uh, I, I think that's your weakest pick. I love J.K. Uh, Simmons. I don't yeah. I don't see him as Alfred, though. I don't either, and I really do. I, and I told you before we started recording, that was my weakest. I thought Alfred was my weakest. But I, I, just, I, just liked, I liked his voice, and I wanted to throw him in there. All right, well, to seal my win, I've got a bonus pick. I've even I've even hired a director. And we're going to go to the set of Back to the Future, and we're going to steal Robert Zemeckis and have him direct this 80s. I mean, think about the think about the vibe from Back to the Future. Yeah. That would be a perfect feel for a Super Sons movie. No, yeah. yeah. So Robert Zemeckis is directing my Super Sons movie. Yeah. I, can't even, I can't even be mad that you didn't leave any fuel in the time machine for me. <laughs> the picks come out good. I went to grab it. I went to go use it once. Turned the key on, and it was just completely out of fuel. Out of order sign on it, man. Yeah, now I know why. Jamie Jamie ran it dry. Coasted back in on fumes. <laughs> <laughs> it, was like, it was like the phone booth in Bill and Ted. It was broken by the end. That's what I was thinking <laughs> yeah. it was, yeah. And chewing gum holding it together. <laughs> uh, well, fellas, I think we're done here, but I uh, just want to... You know, remind everybody we're part of the Nerds Network, and on this week's releases, we're going to have on Nerds Around Table, we'll have a review of, uh, oh my gosh, I'm blanking on what we reviewed. I reviewed it yesterday. Iron Man. I forget that. I, I really need a vacation for my vacation. I was going to say, that's, that's not good for the show. You already <laughs> forgot what it was about. Jimmy wasn't impressed with Iron Man. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm laser focused on what we're doing right now. Um, 
and that's my story, and I'll stick to it. <laughs> yeah, good point, had... Sam. Yeah, right now you're talking about that show. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so it was a really, it was a really fun episode. Uh, interesting, some interesting stuff came out during that episode. Um, on Zafram, we're reviewing. Uh, I, I think to hurry up so we can watch the Netflix show, but also to make up for missing two weeks of Zafram. We did issues nine and ten of Sweet Tooth, and then on, and we can finally fully reveal it and start promoting it more. Our, our Ninja Turtles podcast, Nerds in a Half Shell, has finally made its way on Apple. We finally found our way through the backlog, uh, and so now we're going to start. We'll start showing up everybody's podcaster. So it's Nerds in a Half Shell, and this week we're going to be reviewing. What are reviewing, Sam? It's the Last Ronin issue two, number two. I'm excited about it. All right. Well, um, so next week we're reviewing one of Sam's picks on this show. So Sam, preview that fourth before we sign off. All right. So we're doing another DC themed one, and I do not have it pulled up. So give me a second. It is uh, Batman Black Mirror, and I'm pulling it up. Uh, who's not? Who's about. not laser focused now? I was. Th- I, was th- I thought we just moved on. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll just skip that part. Anyways. So in the Black Mirror, it's a series of brutal murders pushes Batman's detective skills to the limit and forces him to confront one of Gotham City's oldest evils. Helpless and trapped in a deadly mirror house, Batman must fight for his life against one of Gotham's Gotham City's oldest and most powerful evils. Then in a secondary story called Hungry, Hungry City, the corpse of a killer whale shows up on the floor of one of Gotham City's most or foremost banks. The event begins a strange and daily mystery that will bring Batman face to face with the new terrifying faces of organized crime in Gotham. I think we're just going to do the Black Mirror, which is issue one and one through three. Yeah. And then we're doing the the Gordon one, just yeah. two issues. I forget the I forget the subtitle on that one, but it's um, after the first three issues, it jumps around a lot, but it's it's the Gordon focused issues after that. Yeah. So that's what we're doing. Black Mirror, Batman. I'm pumped about it. And, and that's an era of Batman. I, I never read a single issue in. And I, I've talked about it for over a year or two. I actually really enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah. All right, fellas. I think we are completely done here now. Salute. Good night. See ya. Goodbye, Belgium. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, baby humans.